It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome back, everyone, to the Franchise Focus Podcast series here at the Fantasy Points Podcast and FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan with Tom Brawley and Graham Barfield. As we continue to jaunder, uh, is that a word? Uh, we we conti- continue to jaunt our way around the uh, NFL as we yeah, break down. Is that a combination all- of jaunt and meander? Uh, yeah, jaunder. Yeah, jaunder. <laughs> jaunt, uh, I'm, I'm getting jaundiced thinking about all these podcasts <laughs> we got to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're meandering our way around the NFL as we continue our journey uh, through all 32 NFL teams. And today we're going to be discussing the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to remind everybody to go to fantasypoints.com to check out the franchise-focused articles. They are massive. Massive with all kinds of information, player profiles, betting information, um, pace information, John Hansen's thoughts on the teams. Uh, and we're releasing them daily with these uh, accompanying podcasts. And as if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, it's been about 15, 20 minutes. We talk about kind of one or two main things for each NFL team. And today's breakdown is of the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, we're looking at a win total of six and a half. Uh, plus 2,000 to win the AFC North, plus 475 to make the playoffs, plus 5,000 to win the AFC, and plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, this is one of the most competitive uh, divisions in all of uh, in, in all of the NFL. Uh, and Cincinnati, though very talented, there is a, uh, a lot of competition in this division and a lot of questions with Cincinnati. And that has to do, guys, uh, and Tom, we'll start with you, with a lot of the injuries uh, and Joe Burrow coming back from the injury. I don't think we know what Zach Taylor is at this point, and that's contributing to this six-and-a-half win total. Yeah, and their their odds, you know, the money has kind of gone towards the under here uh, in the last couple of months, and and I think they thought, uh, you know, they would improve a little bit more in the offseason. They lost, you know, some key pieces, uh, some key defensive pieces like William Jackson and uh, Carl Lawson and uh, Geno Atkins. So they, they did lose some bigger pieces. Uh, I, I think the draft was also a little disappointing. Uh, they got they got Jamar Chase, who's arguably one of the best wide receiver prospects to come out here in recent years, but uh, kind of a questionable pick in the second round with Jackson Carmen. I think they kind of uh, you know the, the the tackle market, the offensive line market uh, went a little quicker than they thought at the start of the second round. They even traded back, I believe. Uh, yeah. they, I think they thought that there would be more bodies uh, still available there, or maybe they just really like Jackson Carmen and. Uh, the rest of the public didn't really, but uh, it's just a, a roster that didn't necessarily improve too much. But yeah, the big question this year is, uh, you know, what Joe Burrow is going to have uh, coming back from a, it wasn't just an ACL injury. That was a, a major, major injury there. So uh, it, it was a gruesome look and play, you know, against Washington back in week 10 there last season. So it, it, all indications are that it, it looks like he's going to be ready for the start of the season, but um, you know, certainly some question marks there with the offensive line. And, uh, you know, they threw the ball a ton last year. Yep. They, they probably have to change up uh, just their offensive approach a little bit to, to not leave him hanging out there so much. 
Yeah, and Graham, that's going to lead me to you um, because I think the big question for this team for fantasy, well, I mean, there's there's multiple because this is actually overall an appealing team for fantasy. You've got three wide receivers who are all getting drafted within like the first seven rounds of drafts, but I think a lot of people are fed up with Joe Mixon. Um, there was the constant at the end. Last year, he had like the early season foot injury and he was like questionable every game. And then just never played again. Uh, Gio Bernard is gone, though, and Joe Mixon is locked into the second round. We have uh, coaches talking about how they're really excited to get Joe Mixon the ball. They want the ball in his hands. They want to get, give him a bell cow kind of role. How much should we be trusting that? And are we making mistakes drafting Joe Mixon in the second round? No, I don't think it's a mistake at all. I think this is the the best. I don't know. I think this is the best price we've gotten Mixon at in redraft in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, the thing with Mixon is like he's he's been last year was really the first year he absolutely killed you. But that was because an, that was because of an injury that the Bengals clearly mishandled. Right. But in the previous years, you know, Mixon was never really like killing your teams. He paid off his ADP, but it's just like he hasn't hit that ceiling. He hasn't hit that like top five, top six ceiling um, last year. The workload was there, man. It was there. Like in his six starts, he had 20 or more opportunities. That's attempts and targets five times. The other game, he didn't have the 20 or more opportunities. He got 19. Um, and Scott has a really cool metric uh, that like breaks down expected fantasy points. And there were three backs that scored like that had like more expected fantasy points based on their role than Mixon. And they were Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. He was actually tied with Kamara, by the way. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so literally, like, the role was there, man. It's just, you know, uh, he kind of got unlucky in the touchdown department, obviously got hurt, and now you're getting a round discount on him. I actually just did a best ball draft uh, a couple nights ago, got the fourth pick, I believe, or the third pick, got Derrick Henry uh, with that pick at the three or four spot, and then got Mixon in the, you know, late second round. So, I mean, the, the sentiment – and the the community is just kind of out on him, and for you know for that reason, I've just been buying whenever I can. He's like my yeah. favorite second round running back right now. Yeah, he's and, and I know you you've been a Mixon fan. Uh, oh, he and I share a birthday. How about that? Happy birthday, Joe, on July twenty fourth. Um, uh, so uh, you Graham, you've been a Mixon fan. I mean, of his tape since he came out of school. Um, uh, just the kind of talent that he has, but you know, I think people almost have like a distorted view of Mixon in a way because yeah. like. Oh, everybody's like, oh my God, you know, this guy's been a bum for years. And, you know, uh, Graham, I'm looking at the second half of the 2019 season. And I remember the beginning of that year as somebody who drafted Mixon, I think it was a, either the first or second round turn in 2019. I do remember that being a pretty uh, rough go of it. But um, after he ran 10 times for two yards against Jacksonville in week seven of 2019, I'm looking at Joe Mixon here. Graham and, and Tom, and uh, he, uh, towards the end of the season, I mean, this guy was a legitimate league winner. I, I'm talking in the final nine games of 2019, he either had 100 yards from scrimmage, scored a touchdown, or both in seven of nine games. Um, He had 883 rushing yards at a 4.6 yards per pop over the fi final nine games of 2019. Yeah, and remember, this was with Gio Bernard in right. Cincinnati. So right. with Gio Bernard gone, I mean, Mixon was one of the best receivers. Graham, you have charted coming out of college uh, in your yards created metric. I think there's a lot of room for growth here for Mixon. Yeah, and, and taking it back even a year further, in like 2018, he missed a couple games early in that year. I think he missed like week three and week four, came back, and he averaged 
like over 100 yards scrimmage, like average, you know, five yards per carry. I mean, he was awesome for fantasy. It's just kind of been like he hasn't been able to put it all together. And I think now that that Geo's gone, it's huge. I mean, even last year, Zach Taylor was starting to give Mixon more of the passing down work. It was like a, you know, it was like a, you know, two to for every you know three passing downs Mixon got two of them Bernard got one uh, which is a big a big difference and previously in Mixon's career it was mainly Bernard and Mixon splitting so you know no Bernard basically their only passing down back they have right now is a, is, is Chris Evans back from Michigan who who was you know Michigan's top receiving back in, in 2018 and he missed some time and, and he played a little bit last year but yeah I just I think everything just sets up so well for Mixon. It just comes down to like, you know, can this offensive line keep, you know, keep, you know, keep Burrow upright enough for this offense to be efficient and can they open holes for Mixon consistently? Because that's, that's right now the biggest question mark for me. Yeah, they Tom, did where are you drafting Mixon? Yeah, they did do some things to make you feel a little bit better about the offense. It's still an abomination, but yeah. you know, they, did bring in, they brought in Riley Reef, who is at least a serviceable uh, you know, player that you can play uh, at tackle. Jonah Williams, you would think, you know, it was essentially his rookie season last year. Uh, you know, Jackson Carmen, they're probably going to play at guard here. So, uh, you know, there's there's at least some signs that the offensive line should at least be improved off of last year. It can't get much worse than it was. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Graham. Um, it's second round, late second round is, is a, a, a place where you can easily get him. Uh, you know, he's going after, you know, sometimes after Najee Harris and uh, Antonio Gibson has been a guy that's been creeping up draft boards. So you can start with a, a running back in your first, you know, a top three, top four pick and and potentially get Joe Mixon towards the back end of the second round. Uh, I have no problems with that. He's, he's clearly one of the best talents at the position. Uh, and, and this is the best situation that he's clearly been in. Uh, to start his career. And I, I think that they're going to, you know, it's just a bunch of nobody. It's Chris Evans. It's Samaji Piran. It's Travion Williams. You know, guys that just have no track record of, uh, you know, doing anything in the league here. You know, say what you want about G- Giovanni Bernard, but, um, you know, he's been a good uh, veteran back here. You know, he's been able to step in, you know, as, you know, Mixon's handcuff and, uh, you know, handle 15 to 20 touches per game and, uh, you know, do a serviceable job. So, uh, the, the depth behind him is as thin as it's ever been, and the offensive line is actually a little bit uh, going, going to be at least slightly improved from last year. Uh, the guy who really needs Joe Burrow to be healthy here to produce, I mean, I think the whole offense in general, but uh, Tyler Boyd, guys, uh, who was a fantasy stud with Joe Burrow at quarterback uh, last year with a high floor and was a complete zero when Brandon Allen took over, Um Guys, I want to talk about, uh, Graham, we'll start with you, how you're drafting these receivers. But uh, just looking at the ADP, I have T. Higgins right now is wide receiver 24. Jamar Chase is wide receiver 25. And, guys, that has been flip-flopping in recent weeks. I expect Chase to jump ahead of that. Both of those guys are kind of late fifth, early sixth-round picks. And then I go all the way to, like, the late seventh, early eighth, wide receiver 36, Tyler Boyd. I am not against drafting, Graham, any of these wide receivers, but I'm going to have a lot of Tyler Boyd at that price because I think his his role is immutable. He is going to play in the slot, and they do not have a solid tight end option to take targets away from him. Yeah, and that's kind of what they did last year, too. I mean, you know, they had Higgins and Green out wide when they go in their 12 personnel, two tight end sets, and Boyd will be off the field. So his role in terms of you know snaps and routes and everything is not going to change that much 
Uh, but obviously the biggest thing is Jamar Chase. And, um, you know, you draft Jamar Chase at five five overall, uh, that's, that's going to be Burrow's guy. I think all three have, you know, target share projections somewhere in between like the 17 to 21% range. And uh, I wrote about this in the article. You can check out way more uh, about their tendencies. But the Bengals, man, like they were on pace for just like incredible passing numbers last year. I do think, like Tom mentioned early, uh, earlier, I do think that's going to come down a bit now that Mixon's healthy. Um, and Burrow's coming off the injury, especially early in the year. But, man, I mean, it's just set up so well for all three of them. And, honestly, I- I'm with you. I like Boyd at cost. And Higgins and Chase at, like, the fifth, sixth round, you can get him as your wide receiver two or three. Um, it's pretty much perfect for all three. You, you kind of get that discount because I think drafters just in general aren't – they kind of really don't know, like, who the best is outside. Of, you know, it's, it's Higgins and – and chase at the top and then Boyd like a round or two later, but you're, you're still getting a discount on what could be, you know, pretty big ceilings for all three. Yeah. I think Boyd is, you know, appropriately priced behind those other two guys, just because, you know, they're the guys on the, on the perimeter. They're going to get, you know, more of the big plays, more of the touchdown potential. Uh, but Boyd, I mean, he's seventh round. It's, it's tough. And he's, uh, you know, he's sliding a bit. Uh, you know, I've seen him around in the eighth round. Uh, you know, he was essentially averaging seven catches per game. Uh, when Joe Burrow was in the lineup through the first 10 weeks of the season. And, uh, you know, it, it probably is going to dip here a little bit uh, with A.J. Green off the field and Jamar Chase substituted in. But uh, he, he's a solid PPR option. Uh, I've, I've been preferring Chase over Higgins, which, you know, I was a big Higgins guy last year. I, I drafted him in some dynasty leagues, and, you know, he was excellent for me, uh, you know, last year. But uh, just a little bit of that unknown with Chase. And, you know, uh, the last time we saw him, he was dominating the college game at LSU. And, he, you know, he does have the, a little bit of that chemistry with Joe Burrow having uh, played on that 2019 with him at LSU. So uh, I've been leaning more Chase over Higgins, but uh, I have no issue going after all three of these receivers. I think their ADPs are are pretty fair. And I, I think it is going to be a pretty even distribution of targets, mm-hmm. you know, in this offense. I, yeah. I, I have no issue with all three of them. Apparently there was a report that they want the, the target distribution to be pretty even. And and frankly, guys, it was last year. Now, mm-hmm. th- th- this is the thing for Jamar Chase. And if you're wondering, oh, there's only one football to go around here, but consider this. A.J. Green left behind 104 targets. Now, A.J. Green, uh, especially when you take into account volume, was the worst wide receiver in football last year. Um, let, me, let me call to mind Scott Barrett's expected fantasy points metric, which we talked about a little bit earlier. He averaged just 7.0 fantasy points per game on those 104 targets. Now, his expected average was 12.1 fantasy points per game on that target volume by far. The worst negative difference in the NFL among players with 10 or more games played. Zach Ertz was next at minus 3.7, not even in the same ballpark as A.J. Green. So that is how bad Green was. So if you look, if, if Jamar Chase just gets Green's target share and performs like a league average player, he's going to be like wide receiver 40. His ADP is wide receiver 25. Here's the difference, guys. Jamar Chase isn't a league average talent. So we're projecting him to outproduce that. Um, I, I think you can make a case, in my opinion, for any of these three wide receivers at ADP. Yeah, and they fit any team build. That's the greatest part. Is like you know you you have upside with Chase and Higgins, like like Tom said with the, you know with 
in the touchdown department on the deeper throws and then Boyd's, you know, really safe and he's not going to, he's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. And, you know, I, I just think that range, I was thinking about this this morning, just, I was doing a draft, um, like a slow draft on the NFFC and I was sitting on the sixth round and Chase went one pick ahead of me and I was, I was bummed about it, but like that range after Chase and Higgins go off the board gets really flat, really fast. Like there's just a big grouping of guys that you could take in between round six through eight. And I think that's kind of like the delineation point. Once you get around wide receiver 25 to wide receiver 26, Chase and Higgins are those two guys because they still have both of those guys have wide receiver one upside on a very, very high volume passing team. Yeah, I just think it's a fascinating team now. Of course, this all ties into Joe Burrow being healthy. And guys, I don't want, I mean, we're not going to dive into that that deeply on this podcast. We don't have the time to. But I mean, I know Edwin, Dr. Edwin Porras from Fantasy Points has said, you know, hey, it's not a guarantee. You know, like, let's let's be honest here. And let, let's watch Joe Burrow in training camp. He has been working out in OTAs. And then there's the news that Joe Burrow, one of the positive trade-offs from the fact that he couldn't really move around is he apparently worked on his upper body strength and improved his arm strength so let's just hope the team can keep Joe Burrow upright because it is going to uh dictate exactly what we can do obviously it is a big drop off to Brandon Allen so that'll wrap up uh, our breakdown of the Cincinnati Bengals here on the franchise focus podcast at fantasypoints.com remember to sign up for fantasypoints.com go check out those franchise focus articles signing up for a free account gets you a 24-hour trial of the website. And then, obviously, I think we're confident that you're going to want to subscribe to read all of these articles, uh, get cheat sheets, uh, use our Fantasy Points Generator tool, which is a great draft assist tool. Uh, we've been putting a ton of improvements into that this offseason. And there is plenty more to come over the course of the month of July and August as we get into your fantasy draft. So for Tom Brawley, at Tom Brawley on Twitter, he's Graham Barfield, at Graham Barfield on Twitter, and I'm Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. Follow the site on Twitter at FantasyPTS. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Fantasy uh, Points Podcast Franchise Focus Series. It has been wonderful talking to you, and we will be back tomorrow to talk Cleveland Browns. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.